This is Filtered Through Fiction, where we look at life through the lens of our favorite fiction. This week, Chapter 5 of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, The Whomping Willow, or what I would like to call when a tree will murder you for not texting you before coming over. <laughs> for you not texting before you come over. <laughs> uh, yeah. I feel like the Whomping Willow... Text first. Fuck Yeah. Sorry, you feel like the Whomping Willow would? Yeah, no, if people don't, let me yeah. know. Don't just stop it's by. It's an introvert. I, I don't have a bra on. Don't <laughs> knock on my door. <laughs> and if you do knock on my door, I'm not answering, so. Dude, yeah, Whomping Willow is me when someone doesn't text before they <laughs> come. Also, Over. I feel like I have... <laughs> 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 Please text before you come <laughs> hold on hold on why am I getting all these texts <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming over I'm coming over oh. Ooh, wow that is clipped a uh, lot I'm gonna leave it <laughs> I was trying to make a transition <laughs> You ready for a recap? I cannot freaking wait for this <laughs> recap. Summer vacation is at an end, mm. and Harry and the Weasleys, the band, <laughs> prepare to get everyone off on their journey to Hogwarts. After lots of false starts and a very stressful trip to the train station, the Weasleys are going through platform nine and three quarters a couple at a time. However, when Harry and Ron try to go through, the barrier is blocked. They're going to miss the train. Mm. Unsure what to do, Ron realizes if his parents can't get back through the barrier, Harry and Ron are stranded. Harry suggests waiting for them by the car. This gives Ron the not-so-brilliant idea. The genius idea. <laughs> of just flying the car to Hogwarts. And off they go, following the Hogwarts Express to Hogwarts. Hours into the trip, the fun wears off. Harry, Ron, and the car are all feeling the effects of long-distance travel. As the car begins to groan quite loudly, shudder and steam, Harry finally spots Hogwarts in the distance. The engine dies, and Harry and Ron are having a pretty profound oh-shit moment. <laughs> <laughs> I think my recaps just keep getting sassier. I love it. Obviously, it only gets worse because... Ron and Harry. Mm-hmm. They hit a giant-ass tree. It only gets worse, because Ron and Harry. <laughs> Ron's wand is almost snapped in two during the crash. Worse still, turns out the giant-ass tree hits back and is walloping the ever-loving shit out of the car. <laughs> Somehow, the car comes back to life, and Harry manages to get it to reverse and move out of the tree's reach. However, it's sick of their shit, and it ejects them, their pets, and their things onto the ground, and then pieces the fuck out. And I'm certain gives a car version of a middle finger as it leaves. Yes. 
Harry and Ron make their wounded way up to the castle, and they watch the sorting ceremony through the window, noticing, great news, Snape isn't at the staff table, but bad news, he's right behind them, asking why they haven't showed up to the feast. They're taken to Snape's office, where he shows them a newspaper reporting their flying car escapades, and he proceeds to be Snape about it. Snape threatens a looming expulsion and goes to get McGonagall. Ordered to explain themselves, Harry and Ron tell the story of their arrival. Then Dumbledore arrives. They explain again. Then, assuming they're going to be expelled, Ron mentions they'll go gather their things. But this is Harry Potter, bitches. They get letters sent to their families and a detention. And a private dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Making their way up to the Gryffindor common room, they meet Hermione outside the entrance. On entering the common room, they're met with a sudden storm of clapping and cheering. Their arrival was the stuff of legends. Except for Percy and Hermione, of course. (laughs) (laughs) The boys make their way to their dorm and end the night with a final round of excitement with their fellow second-year boys. Brilliant. (laughs) Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. (sighs) Nothing's going to meet. Nothing's going to beat when a tree murders you for not texting before you come over. It's true. (laughs) It's true. Well, your recap was... More exciting than actually reading this <laughs> than chapter. The actual for chapter. Me. I I I mean, it's a chapter, and there were words in it. I didn't yeah. get a lot of uh, themes. I'm not really sure what the deal is with this book because I I think I've felt that way pretty much about all five of the beginning <laughs> chapters. They're just so um, setting the scene. Yeah, you know, there's just not a lot of depth and emotion happening true quite i actually feel like the bulk of the things that i did write down as potential talking points are all a bit more cerebral Mm. than they are like Mm touchy-feely i knew in reading when i only had two things to mention one of which is not even a theme it's just a thing I was like, mm, Naki's going to come in with something brilliant that we're going to talk about for <laughs> half an hour and it's going to be perfect. So it's not going to matter <laughs> that I don't really have anything to say. We'll see. <laughs> Would you like me to start? I don't know. <laughs> well, we can either get mine over with <laughs> or start with yours and finish on a silly note. I don't know. Um, you pick. Okay, so the only things that I have that made me think of stories from my life or things that mattered were that the grass is always greener Mm -hmm. and sometimes the shine wears off. Those are sayings and they relate to when they're in the car and they're at that point of the road trip where they're like like, the uh, excitement has worn off and they're like, when the fuck are we going to get there? Uh, and they're starting to wish that they were on the train. Yeah. Like, like there's, because there's, there's food, <laughs> there's drinks, they're so thirsty. They <laughs> yeah. bring any pumpkin juice with them. Like, yeah, the regret is definitely sinking in mm-hmm. on part of this adventure. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, I can relate. <laughs> you get real excited about something, you throw everything into it and yeah. you jump off the cliff and then you're like on the way down going oh shit what have I done yeah you know and even as minor as something like this like well this isn't minor for them but sure like the first time I got on the back of a motorcycle of an older boy that I shouldn't have been even talking to and I 
was so like, oh, I'm so cool. This is so awesome. And Such then a I, rebel. Yeah. And then I immediately burned the shit out of my calf <laughs> on the radiator, engine, whatever part yeah. of the motorcycle that you're not supposed to touch. Because I was 14 and nobody fucking told me. <laughs> it reminds me of Unsupernatural. It's uh, probably my second favorite episode because my first favorite is when Dean is, like, is a dog. Basically <laughs> has the mentality of a dog. But the other one is Yellow Fever. Okay. And it's basically where people get infected with a fear that eventually kills them. Oh. And so Dean is like, he gets infected. And so they're driving. always Dean. I know. They're driving. And so Sam is like, dude, what is your problem? You're going like 20 miles an hour. And he's like, what? Safety's a crime now? <laughs> but that's what your story reminds me of. Like, I'm such a rebel. Like, And really like. I think I would have just preferred to be safe mm -hmm. with my two feet on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Would have been nice. Yeah. But sometimes it's bigger things. Sometimes it's <laughs> yeah. jobs. Sometimes it's, you know, education choices. And it's like, oh, my God, what have I done? Why did I do this? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, for the most part, it always works out. Sure. You know, we figure shit out because we're adults. We, we have adapt. to. Yeah. <laughs> Improvise, adapt and overcome. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. My number one pet peeve of an answer. One of our interview questions is, how do you adjust uh, when you experience setbacks? And <laughs> most people say... Cry in a corner. Most people say adapt and overcome. And I'm always like secretly rolling my eyes. <laughs> like I put my head down to right and I'm like... <sighs> okay, if I was in an interview and I legitimately said like... I would say I probably adapt, but I wouldn't say adapt and overcome. <laughs> okay, but if I said uh, I would probably go off into a private place and cry for a few minutes and then stare at myself in the mirror and tell myself to figure your shit out and then come back out and like figure my shit out. Could I get hired? I'd hire you. <laughs> I'd be like, one, you are acknowledging the frustration and feelings that the setback creates. You feel it, you deal with it, and you fucking go on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you adapt and you overcome. I mean, <laughs> I do, but I just don't use those words because yeah. that's dumb. That's it. That's all I had on that point. It was just that, you know, sometimes we have regrets. <laughs> sometimes things look real shiny <laughs> and new and exciting, and then we're like, yeah. oh, fuck. Like, oh. Or the car's going to crash because we pissed it off and made it. <laughs> fly longer than it was supposed to <laughs> it's like oh it's never when Ron it's like it's never been on a trip this long before and you definitely have to pause and be like they're 12 year old boys but I definitely had a moment where I was like that's your first thought huh <laughs> that's the first one <laughs> let's drive the car to Hogwarts and it's like what we don't know is okay so what what happens if you don't make the trip on the train like you can't start a day late like right you gotta like skip the school year right you know well and I like mean, not, we find I mean, out we at don't the, know right but. but at the end of the chapter when McGonagall's <laughs> talking to him and she's like why didn't you just send us an owl yeah oh <laughs> she's yeah. like you have one of those don't you <laughs> yeah perhaps guess we could have done that <laughs> oops but that's the pain. I mean, I've been in the. Sure. I've made some dumbass decisions when I've been like in a suddenly 
slightly panicked situation that didn't go as I planned. And then I'm like, Oh God, I have to do something. And yeah. And honestly, I give them credit. I like tipping our hats to the fact that they are 12 years old. Like they came up with a solution like pretty quickly. Yeah. And it wasn't completely selfish. No, like they were concerned about Ron's parents too. They were like, how are, how are my parents going to get back here? Like, I mean, they again they weren't thinking because their parents <laughs> could <McGonagall>. operate <laughs> yeah yeah which mcgonagall um definitely <laughs> alludes to when ron is like we didn't think and she's like oh that's obvious <laughs> yeah. like mcgonagall with the shade <laughs> oh she seriously is the freaking best whenever um, it like references how thin the line of her mouth can get i always find myself trying to like make the facial (laughs) expression that would that would be mcgonagall's pissed off face but then she has her little like almost smile when when is it harry Harry. points out that like well technically we term hadn't started when we did this so you can't (laughs) take house points away right and she just kind of has that little like smirk and is like, okay, detention. <laughs> like, all right. Yep. Detention and a private dinner for two. I mean, it's a tray of sandwiches. I love sandwiches. That's true. I would not be mad about a tray and a filling, constantly filling tray of sandwiches. Yeah. Um, my other one's a Snape point. Do you want to talk about Snape? Always. <laughs> that got me today that's a good one Uh, thank Um, you thank you yeah this chapter has one of the only rare moments of understanding for me for snape instead of snape (laughs) hate (laughs) this is a kind of like a oh like he he knows he knows the students don't like him yeah right i mean that's not that's not a secret sure but when harry and ron are standing outside of the the great hall and they're you know peeking through to see what's going on and they're talking about snape and they they you know maybe he left maybe he got sacked maybe he'd been sacked i mean everyone hates him and he's standing right behind him and he's like or maybe he's waiting to hear why you two didn't arrive (sighs) on the school train but like, like this is also like a pattern for Ron because he did the same shit to Hermione in the previous book. It's true. <laughs> Pay attention to your surroundings, Ronald. <laughs> anyway, sorry. No, it's true. I mean, yeah, it's part of it is like, man, even if you're going to talk shit about somebody, make sure they're not standing right behind you. But like, I just feel I feel kind of bad for him. Like, yeah. even if you know people don't like you, like hearing it straight up, like everyone hates him. Mm-hmm. Can't feel good. You know, true. And good on you i didn't that that just like that went soaring over my head (laughs) well i mean i still think he's a piece of shit for abusing kids but uh you know you're glitching again (laughs) it's a purposeful glitch because you know i don't know i just i guess you know we kind of can see how the bullied become a bully yeah. You know, bullying True. is a huge theme in all of these. And we know that, you know, from later books, we know more history about Snape and how he kind of turned into who he turned into. And there definitely was a lot of bullying involved yeah. when he was these kids' age. And now they're repeating this cycle with him. Yeah. And I just can't imagine what that feels like. You know, like I was bullied as a kid. 
I think maybe it has an effect on like why I don't like to get in confrontation with people. I don't like the way that it feels to have people hate me for what I feel like is no reason, you know, like Mm -hmm. what have I done to you? Sure. Um, obviously with Harry and Ron, he kind of, or especially with Harry, he really has, he kind of started it, (laughs) you know, he, he kind of has the, he's a fucking adult and he's treating this child not nicely, but, um, I don't know. I just, it was just a moment, just a little, little tiny empathy moment for him. I appreciate that though. Yeah. Because I didn't have any of those in this chapter. (laughs) I definitely didn't really have any like, ugh, like, fuck you, man, or anything like that, but also didn't really have any empathy moments either. I think I was type fiving this and just like, man, I'm running out of time to get my notes and stuff done, so (laughs) let's fucking read. It's what I get. Well, I want to hear it because I'm sure it's going to be something that blows my mind i don't know about that but <laughs> um it was it was funny because i actually was reading uh the ebook on my phone yesterday and just kind of reading through the initial parts where they're at the train station and stuff a little something jumps out off the page at me and i was like holy shit and so i open like my texts and i send cassie I text and I was like, you ready to have your mind blown? <laughs> and then I jumped back to the book, <laughs> screenshot it, circled the sentence and shoot it her way. And she's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and so she and I uh, recently taught a class for our people at work and in our trainings on reframing anxiety. Ooh. And it is this idea of making anxiety work for you instead of it working against you. And so, I mean, we really did a ton of research into this and for it to be basically an hour long class, uh, cause we were supposed to present it at a conference. The conference of course got canceled. And so we didn't want to waste this class, so to speak. So we end up doing it at work. And so, outside of the train station or not outside of the outside of the barrier Mm -hmm. like they have this moment of panic where it's the panic of like one not really knowing how they're going to get to hogwarts knowing they've just missed the train a little bit that the mama and papa weasley are still on the other side of the barrier and so harry mentions let's go stand at the car ron has his idea and it it basically says harry's panic turned to excitement And it is literally the crux of what we teach in this class is reframing anxiety is all about reframing how you're thinking about the anxiety you're feeling. Because anxiety and excitement chemically are the exact same thing in your body. Like literally no difference. Whoa. And so the thing that makes them different is your ability to shift your mindset. Obviously, that takes a lot of practice and that takes a lot of work. Yeah. But uh, there is one of the one of the places that Cassie researched. It's a lady named Mel Robbins. And she just explained it so well. And she's like, what does 
anxiety feel like? Like, oh, you're right. Like literally physically your body is like agitated, elevated. She's like, there is a sense of physical like arousal in, in the sense that you're ready for action. Um, she's like, what doesn't work is to sit there. She's like, think about what that physical state feel, feels like. Think about what the physical state of being calm feels like. How easy is it to go from one to the other? It's not. Mm-mm. Like, Think about the physical feelings of excitement. It really doesn't feel very different. Like you're agitated, like you're worked up. Mm-hmm. Your mind realizes for a positive reason, but your body's worked up. Your mind is, is racing. Um, like it's literally an identical chemical and physical state. The difference is what your mind thinks about it. And it was just, it was just fun, you know? And so, and so the point that she makes to continue on that is like, so it's really easy to stay in the exact same physical state and just shift what you think about it. And it was just really awesome oh to gosh. see it in such a simple way in a Harry Potter book. Like yeah. I circled it and I was like, holy shit, he reframed his anxiety. And by no means am I saying that's easy to do. And and in all of the research like we found on reframing anxiety, like they were like it's a practice. It's not something that you're gonna get right every time and and there are different steps to it, but um, the other thing I liked in it, in the things that I read was like, no matter what, it's a, it's an energy dump. Like whether you're excited or you're anxious, you get this energy dump. You decide whether or not the energy is going to work for you or the energy is going to work against you. And so while it's not by any means like this perfect depiction of reframing anxiety through like a deliberate means so to speak it just was so cool to see it in a fucking harry potter book yeah that's brilliant see mind blown i (laughs) want to know the resources that you read and also why do i want to take every class that you teach at your job but i don't want to work at your place of employment (laughs) you don't have to (laughs) if we teach it again i'm sure we'll start teaching it in our new higher academy so gosh i want our next one starts in february so yes i'll make sure you get invited i want to yeah because i man i've never thought about the physical like what you're talking about in terms of the way that they both like the way they feel. feel yeah but if I could train my brain and I could help my children yeah. retrain their brains because they get a lot of anxiety, but like to be able to say, like, like, how do you do it? Give me an example. What do you do? Do you just tell yourself like, no, I'm excited about this. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> I will say like the um, example that Mel Robbins gave, she actually kind of gave a living working example. And then she gave kind of like a story example, but like, she is backstage about to go speak in front of, I think she says like three to 5,000 people. And she's like, anxiety. Yes. And so she's like, I can, f-, she's like in my body, I feel the butterflies. I feel like the rapid heartbeat. She's like, my pits are sweating. Oh my God. You know? Yes. And she the says, and she says like, I have a choice. I can, I can be really nervous about it or I can be really excited about what I'm going to go share. And then the other like example that she gives is somebody who wrote in 
because she says the key is an anchoring thought. So if you're experiencing anxiety about something, the anchoring thought is like, man, in an ideal world, like this is on the other side of this experience. So it's somebody who was terrified to fly. Mm. And so she's like, if like I, let's say I'm going to go fly to Michigan to see my parents, like turbulence is turbulence, you know, like I can be fearful of flying. So my anchoring thought is, is at the end of this flight, uh, she like pictures herself going on this walk around the lakes with her family, with her parents. And so like, that's the thought that she holds on to, to, um, kind of get her through the experience. And she's like, Anytime I start feeling nervous about the flight, I shift my thoughts to, I'm so excited to see my parents. I'm so excited to walk around the lake with them. Oh my gosh, you know? that's brilliant. So, yeah. I love it. I need to, I need, I need to do this. <laughs> I need to put that into practice. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, a far more cerebral point, but I like something that it. like you can actually apply to yeah. your life. No, that's brilliant. Thank um, you. yeah, Cassie and I are going to add it to our new hire Academy and the next one starts in February and I'll make sure you know the day that we do okay. that. Okay. I'm just going to end up with all the training to work <laughs> for you, but not actually work for you. <laughs> like, oh, she's attended all of these. The entire Academy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Did you have enough? No. Oh, that's all I had. Okay. <laughs> What else have you got? It's actually funny that I mentioned the whole setback question at work because it was just funny. Um, and a lot of times what I will do is like, for some reason, the setback question just is too large for people. Like it's too wide because it's like, how do you deal with and adjust to setbacks? And so people will be like, setbacks like... And so I just say you expect something to go one way. For whatever reason, it doesn't go that way. What do you do? And so I just found it so comical how the beginning of this sky trip, um, (laughs) I'm going to call it a road trip, but it's not a road trip. (laughs) Cloud trip. Cloud trip. Um, They literally are like giddy with, quote, the prospect of seeing Fred and George's jealous faces when they landed smoothly and spectacularly on the sweeping lawn in front of Hogwarts Castle <laughs> versus <laughs> the actual landing where the engine has sputtered out. Um, it's basically a crash landing. Yeah, like they're careening through the sky. They crash into a giant tree that like... Then beats the then shit beats out of the them. beats the shit out of them. And they literally, they literally are ejected from the vehicle and, like, truly make their wounded way up to the castle. Like, at one point, McGonagall tells Ron, like, go to the hospital wing because he's bleeding. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, it's not that bad. But just, uh, I don't know, not just setbacks, but also just how our expectations or even just our hopes like, like we may hope something goes a certain way and <laughs> just the um, vast difference between how they thought they were going to roll up into school yeah. and how they crashed into school. Like, I mean, it's a really comical example of it. Right. And sometimes we can find the humor in those things, but ultimately how we can think 
something's going to go a certain way. And it doesn't. Yeah. Nothing like it. Yeah, I have I have a very strong hate relationship with expectations. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like having any expectation for anything is just setting myself up to fail. Yeah. Like, I don't know who hurt me. (laughs) 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 But, man, I just, every time, like, if I, you know, buy something for my kids or, like, plan an event for my kids, I won't tell them anything about it. Because I'm afraid that if I tell them and they don't react with excitement, like I feel planning it for them, that I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah. Or, yeah, just expectations for the timing of something. Like, oh, this will be, this will be something that you know I'll start and I'll get it finished and by Christmas I'll have you know such and such project done. And then if I don't. God, I'm disappointed and I get yeah. down on myself and like, God, you're such a fucking failure. Why didn't you f- figure your shit out and get your stuff done sooner? And why do you suck so bad? Like, yeah, I don't know what it <laughs> is, but I'm, I think like, I don't know if that like go with the flow adaptability that I have is a result of, uh, missed expectations or if I've always been, felt like that and that's why I don't like that's why I don't like having set plans and to-do lists and all of that because if it doesn't go the way that it's supposed to go supposed to in air quotes yeah you know I'm disappointed and pissed off and frustrated and I just I hate it yeah I don't like it I don't like the way it feels I don't like the way my anger that comes out when things don't go my way. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, Ron and Harry are worried about getting kicked out of school. I would have been probably just furious. I probably would have taken, if I was Harry, I would have taken that out on Ron. I would have fought with Ron because I would have had to have someone to blame. Yeah. And it's really myself that I blame, but I can't fight with myself. It's projection. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get back in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> you don't suck. But therapy yeah. is highly recommended. Uh-huh. It's funny that you say that. I was like, no wonder people have said this podcast feels like going to therapy. <laughs> Seriously. For better or worse. Yeah. <laughs> Even if uh, that wasn't what your expectations were yeah. for the day. Here's your therapy. Yeah. Um, I would say this will shock you. But I'd say it definitely exists on a spectrum. What? And it's interesting that you talk about disappointment because my final point was like the shame Harry feels at disappointing Dumbledore. Like, um, I think like they're just doing their best to explain to Snape. He shuts them up. Uh, McGonagall comes in, demands they explain. They're explaining. And I think part of that is like a sense of panic. Like, this is what happened. Like, we like we made these choices for a reason. These are the events that led up to those. But, like, Dumbledore walks in, and I think it's an immediate sense of shame. Like, yeah. I disappointed Dumbledore. Um, so, kind of these two points together. Like, when you look at setbacks, like, it definitely does exist on a spectrum. Because if I think, like, I planned for my day to go one way. Mm-hmm. 
it's turned on its head. Like, that is definitely, like, there's frustration and irritation, hands down. Uh, I'm a J, so I like things to go the way I plan them to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's obviously a sense of, like, being irritated that now I'm doing something I didn't plan to do. Um, or frustrated, like, man, I actually really needed to get this done now. Like, that's, I, I get to that when I get to it. And then um, over to the spectrum of, or the other side of the spectrum, to something like disappointment. And, like, you expect, I don't know, like, you expect someone to be there for you, they're not. You know, like, the... I think that's completely different. That's not irritation. And I think it's beyond frustration. I think that moves into like one being disappointed. Um, and I think that can go into other things of like feeling hurt mm-hmm. or, you know, or angry. Like, I think it probably ends up being a mixture of all of those things. Yeah. And probably the more personal it is, the further you move to the, the the further you will move into that spectrum of, or I say the further I would move along that spectrum to, um, because this is deeply personal to me, I am taking this very deeply personally. Yeah. And that completely changes um, how I feel and definitely changes how I react. Because mm-hmm. if I'm actually feeling disappointed, I've said it more than once, I don't do that emotion very well. (laughs) I'm not resilient when it comes to disappointment. And it definitely, that takes me the most time to get over. Mm -hmm. And so, um, while that doesn't fully speak to disappointing Dumbledore, but like knowing and like being the one who, who potentially has disappointed someone else is probably the worst thing I can think of personally for me to feel. Yeah. To know I've truly disappointed someone. Yep. Yeah. I didn't write it in my book, but when, (laughs) when they had that moment with Dumbledore, all I could think of was like the, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. And he doesn't say that, but like you definitely get that vibe. Mm -hmm. And because he says very little. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, how that would feel and just to realize like, okay, we're not getting expelled, but like, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) You almost wish you would have been. Yeah. Like now I don't have to spend the next however long of my school year remembering, man, I started it off disappointing the the person who probably the last person Harry would want to disappoint. Yeah. Like he can't even look him in the eye. It says he speaks to his knees yeah. instead of speaking to Dumbledore. So Ugh, made me squirm. Yeah. No, it's totally true. I'd rather somebody be mad at me than disappointed in me. Yeah. I don't, I don't bounce back very easily from that. So <laughs> uh, I guess at least I'm aware of it. What about if you get disappointed in another person? No, that's the thing that I I don't do well at all. Oh, okay. Like that's what I don't bounce back from. Oh. Is being disappointed being disappointed by someone. Um I think I would I'm not saying I've never disappointed anyone. I'm sure I've disappointed <laughs> plenty of people, but I don't have a recent example of someone being like really I was counting on you, you yeah. and you didn't come through. Yeah. Uh, that might kill me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that would be probably just as difficult to bounce back from. Yeah. 
that's that's what I wondered. Like both ways, if it yeah. goes. Huh. I need my therapist to tell me why I'm like that. No. <laughs> right? Oh my God. Why does disappointment? I need a therapist that just listens me. to these episodes and then explains me to myself. Because <laughs> I can't. I don't get conversations like this when I go to therapy. Huh. It's always just like, yeah, my dad died when I was 16. Let's talk about daddy issues. Eh. You need to go to my therapist. I do need to go to your therapist. <laughs> I I recommend her to everyone who's willing to have hard conversations. Yeah, I do. I need a new I need a new therapist. That's why I haven't gone for a long time cuz I've kind of been like jaded by a couple of them and like the last one that I went to, super nice person, like not a problem with her as a person, but like man, it just felt like I was paying a $20 copay to sit and like chat with a buddy. Yeah. And it was like, cool, I have friends. I don't need to pay you. <laughs> to be my friend yeah. like if you just want to be friends yeah we can do that yeah yeah exactly <sighs> um didn't you say you had something where we could end on a funny note or did you already share oh, no, that not really oh. i said we could either start with mine and then talk about your deep stuff or we could talk about your deep stuff and then end on my mm. sillier stuff no i i got nothing i okay. seriously i was just like yeah Harry and Ron miss the train, fly a car, slam into a tree, disappoint Dumbledore. The end. (laughs) Not a, not a deep chapter for me. No. I'm impressed with what you pulled out of it. Yeah. The only other thing that stood out was just funny. Like how (laughs) McGonagall was like, it's obvious you didn't think, (laughs) Um, but literally Whenever Snape is talking about the car and them being sighted, and then I think it's Snape, right, who says Weasley doesn't your dad work for the the office of yeah. the misuse of Muggle artifacts, and Harry's like, oh man, if anyone finds out Mr. Weasley bewitched the car, and it says like he hadn't thought about that, and I'm like, yeah, I don't think you guys thought of a lot of things, Mm-mm. but also you were panicked twelve year olds, so right, who can blame you? Yep. Well, you want a hot seat question? Yeah. Okay. I've toyed between a couple, but I'll go with this one. Okay. On their last evening at the borough, which okay. is not the bureau. No. But I always want to call it that. <laughs> uh, before they're going to leave for the school year, Mrs. Weasley cooks a dinner full of Harry's favorite things. So, taking a little darker, what would your last meal <gasps> B. Whoa. <laughs> oh, man. I've been asked this question before. I was going to say that I just I knew what your answer was going to be, but I was going to be like, what if you had a tray of refilling food items? What would it be? And I was like, burritos. I was so. going <laughs> to ask that and then was like, no, that's <laughs> so obvious. <laughs> I know. Well, and I don't know if I want a burrito to be my last meal, man. I don't. Like well, yeah, I don't think a burrito would be your last meal, but I think it would be your your the, item that constantly refills. Although, although I might actually go to tacos, mm. like legit, I was going to say burritos or tacos. Yeah, legit, like, like street authentic tacos. street tacos, because I think I could actually eat like so many of those. Yeah, but those like, little. yeah, but like a burrito. I mean, you know the size of the burritos that we get. I eat the entire fucking thing, and I'm always like, oh, that was a bad choice. <laughs> I always leave like three inches of burrito (laughs) left and I'm like, 
don't power through it. Don't power through it. Just wrap the damn burrito. <laughs> take it home and eat it later. Yeah, I can't do it. I. It's great. It's it's, it's so good. It's so fucking good. And I just don't. And like three inches isn't enough. <laughs> This has been a great innuendo episode. <laughs> Three inches just isn't enough for later, you know? Uh-huh, like, I feel you. But half of it isn't enough for right now. So I just go for the whole the whole thing. The whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> the episode of inadvertent innuendos. Uh-huh. Yeah. Text before you come, folks. <laughs> 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 I just keep picturing like not somebody in another house texting me to tell me, but like somebody with like, me like, in the middle of. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> 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 uh, okay, what would <laughs> what would my last meal be? I think it would have to incorporate French fries. Okay. It'd have to be fries. Honestly, probably like a really damn good burger. Like a mm. blue cheese and bacon burger with mm. sautéed onions. Mm, that sounds delicious. What about the drink? <sighs> That's a great question. The only thing currently that I can think of is what the drink of my meal would be. Really? Mm-hmm. And probably, like, honestly, a Pepsi, a fountain Pepsi, because mm. it just goes with a burger and fries. True. Beer would make me feel like shit. Mixed drinks don't go with beer or burgers, in my humble opinion. I think it would just be a Pepsi. Maybe a milkshake if I'm feeling sassy, like an Oreo milkshake. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a simple, I'm a simple gal. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> My first thought was like the hot rock steak at Barbacoa. Oh. But that's just a lot of meat, so. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't go that direction. I do know my drink would be uh, by Odell Brewing Cutthroat Porter. Oh. It's the best porter I think I've ever had. And it's currently like porter season to yeah. me. Like yeah, It's for not sure. something I can drink in the summer. So for sure it would be Cutthroat Porter. And I hate to say it because it does sound dumb, but like phenomenal pizza. <gasps> oh yeah, no, that's not a dumb. like pizza and like if I fries aren't an appetizer, they're a side. But I would go with some kind of like probably honestly like hot wings as a appetizer, mm. and then the ranch from Chicago Connection, specifically Chicago Connection or Wingstop. Huh. One of each. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> a bucket of it's each. It's your last meal. You can have yeah. whatever you want. Guys, it's my last meal. Last thing I'm eating, it's going to be that. Is this our last meal because we're getting executed <laughs> and we know this? Or I thought is this about it, but like, it's like... We don't know that we're about no, to walk in front of a bus. We can just say it's our last meal before we head off to school. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> okay. school lunches suck. Yeah. So. Not at Hogwarts, though. Oh, that's true. Good God. I think I want to lean into the flying car somehow. Okay. Maybe like... <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, okay. Okay, I have one. Give it to me. <laughs> okay, so as they're trying to leave for the train to catch the train, <laughs> yeah, just like so many things are holding them back. Yeah. So many things. Trying to find things, people running into each other, tripping on stuff and then they leave and then somebody forgot something and then they leave and then somebody else forgot something like just horrendous yeah okay is there something what is the thing consistently that were you to be late for something this is the cause of it i can tell you in the mornings every single time the thing that i forget is either my coffee mm. on the counter yeah, or the lunch that I packed left on the counter. Mm. And so if I choose to go back for it, that would make me late. But otherwise it's just that I didn't get moving fast enough. I just don't like, because I don't have to be at work by a certain time. Right. I try, <laughs> try <laughs> uh, to get there by eight. Yeah. Um, if I do, I do. If I don't, I don't. Like, there's no there's no repercussions to not getting there by eight. But if I don't, it's because I sat and read too long. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Every time. If it's something that, like, oh, I left, I have to go back and get it, it's my coffee or my lunch. Yeah. If I, if it was something I left and I had to go back and get it, it's my wallet. Because mm. I normally leave my wallet inside of a purse and my purse inside of my car but if i like run into a store half the time i don't take my whole purse i just grab my wallet and throw it in my pants pocket and then when i get home from the store the wallet comes inside with me i set it on some random surface in my house and then i leave and go where's my wallet (sighs) so that's the thing that i would have to go back in for usually but um The thing that makes me the last person ready to leave in my house is always just the fact that I don't understand how time works. (laughs) You did say time is a construct. Time is a construct. It is. I say it all the time. I hate, I don't care if it's like a thing, like you're going to a performance and that starts at seven. Like, yes, you need to be there before seven so you can get in your seats and not disturb other people. But if it's something like you're going to your mom's house to celebrate your brother's birthday and he said the pizza will be there around one, like, that's not a set in stone time that you have to be there at one o'clock. It's more like, like, you get there when you get there. But all of that, that's what I mean when I say time is a social construct. Because it's like, my God. And like getting, like, daylight savings and changing the fucking time. Oh, yeah. Like, See, they don't do that in Arizona. I know. And it is the one thing that I miss so much from living in Arizona. The only problem I have is that I want it to be I want it to be this time or no, like the summertime. I want it to be the summertime, spring forward, the spring forward time. Samezies. And if they got rid of daylight savings, it would be the opposite. It would be the the way that, right? It would be the way that fall it, back. the fall back time, which makes it dark at like four o'clock in the afternoon in well, Idaho. let's just say we're staying on spring forward time that's what i'm saying we make the rules that's what i'm saying it's all fucking social construct because when people didn't have clocks they just got up when the sun came up and they yeah. went to bed when they were tired 
<laughs> or when the light went away because yeah. they didn't have electricity either. I actually read something recently that said once the light bulb was created. Are you the one who shared this with me? No. I don't know. I don't know how we heard the same thing, but basically people started getting, went from 11 hours of yeah. sleep a night to. Yeah. Before the light bulb, like people seven. got 11 hours of sleep at night. How fucking phenomenal would that be? <laughs> was it shit you should care about? Maybe that's who it was. That's probably what yeah. it is. <laughs> I bet it was. <laughs> I love that account. Same. Um, anywho, long story short, I don't know how time works. So I will literally, if I need to, if I tell myself like, okay, you need to be ready to leave at five o'clock and I need to shower, dry my hair and put makeup on because it's like something that I need to look nice for. for. Yeah. I will like calculate backwards and figure yeah. out what time and how long all the things are going to take and then go with that. And that's what time I start getting ready. But for some reason, my brain says you showered. Now you need to look at your phone for 15 minutes. <laughs> you're blow drying your hair. Well, you should look at your phone while you're blow drying your hair. And then you can. That's hard though. Just like. <laughs> <laughs> no, because the way I do it, like, it's really easy because mm -hmm. <laughs> because of my curls. I leave uh, it like it's a diffuser that mm -hmm. just sits. And then I like just look at my phone. So it's really, really fucking terrible. But all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's five o'clock and I've only got foundation on and I need to finish putting my makeup on. Oops. Oops. Don't know how time works. Don't know how that happened. I had it all calculated out. I don't want to do all of this stuff or I like oh, I'm, ru I'm running ahead of time so I have extra time I've got time yeah well if you guys want to jump in and answer some of these hot seat questions you can do that at our Instagram <sighs> which brings me to social media it's a thing we have it <laughs> we're on it I always I always fuck it up nah. it's both of those it's, things we have it and we're on it but yeah like I said, at Filtered Through Fiction, you can also look at filteredthroughfiction.com. There's some good blog posts. As there. always, thank you for listening. Thanks to those of you who have been our ride or dies. Hell yeah. Until next time. Waddleberg! <laughs> Bye! Bye!